Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, everybody. It's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. The following program is presented for entertainment purposes. WCHQ does not necessarily endorse the ideas presented. Fearscape is a program that explores the legends and lore around many creepy and scary things. Information is researched and presented in an entertainment fashion and is presented based off of what we found. Legends have a way of changing over time, so... All right, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Fearscape here on 100.9 FM WCHQ, as well as the Destination Nation Network. I am your host, Stefan Gearhart, joined, as always, by my luxuriously uh, just suave host, Josh wow. Rutledge. Thanks yeah. for the description. That's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we got a really cool show tonight. Uh, we are going to be talking about Native American monsters and creatures and so much lore there that we had to trim the fat. Oh, yeah. Barely scratching the surface tonight. That's right. And uh, we have a very, very special guest in the studio. One of my favorite people in the world. One of my friends. Musician. Local R&B artist. Uh, what, did, what did you say? Uh, urban what? Urban soul? Is that right? Yes. Yes. I love it. Man, this, this is Rob Lee. Give it up. Yeah, we are super pumped to have you, sir. Uh, we, just joining us on this, we're actually going to play some of your music because you got a new EP dropping, and we'll get talking about that in a little bit. Uh, but before we get into that, we got to get into some spooky news. People need to know what's going on in the media. All right, what do we got? Uh, luxuriously suave. Yep. So uh, this this comes from uh, Mufon. Um, an Ohio witness in Hillard reported watching a triangular object with bright lights and a dark aura around it in the sky, according to testimony in, in the case. Um, the witness was out walking their dog on August 2nd at 8.30 a.m., and this is what they had to say. I was in a field walking my dog when I saw a bright light coming from low from the north. I couldn't hear any sound coming from what I thought was a plane. I started to run, thinking a plane was about to crash. I stopped when I saw it kept the same altitude. It flew right above me. It was triangular shape, about the length of a helicopter, way too big to 
Yes, indeedy. Yes, indeedy. Uh, you know, a lot of these MUFON reports, it's always funny. They're always out walking their dogs. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> we're about to move to an apartment. And uh, so we're going to have to start walking our dog. And so I'm going to be like, in eyeball yeah. in the sky now, man. Well, like, hey, when I when I go out to, like, roll the trash out to the curb or something like that, I, I do. I look up. Like, why, why do I imagine you literally rolling a bag of trash? Like, you're just <laughs> rolling it. Like it's full of leaves or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that kind of rolling. Can I ask a question? Who? Yeah. Who? do these people report these stories to? MUFON. MUFON. So MUFON stands for the Mutual UFO Network. UFO Network. And so they are a huge organization, have been around for a very long time. And so uh, a lot of times they'll either pick up something and reach out. Like So sometimes media picks it up, and so MUFON will reach out oh. to them. But you can also report it to MUFON. And this, I mean, we get so many stories from MUFON. I mean, it is just Hundreds. Wow. Daily. I mean, the uh, the lights that I saw that night in my house. I, I mm-hmm. thought about reporting that to move. Do it, do it, man. Really? Because if nothing else, it gives me a chance to talk about the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. And so, yeah, that's what people do. And you know, there's a or or uh, government agencies or things like that. There's a there's a big shared network of people that work together. But MUFON is the biggest one. Wow. Um, but yeah, thank you. Is that all, all we got? Yeah, from that's all we got. Tweeny Danny. Yep. From there. All right. <laughs> All right, so let's get cracking and smacking and lacking and jackalacking and all that stuff and get into Native American monsters. Let's drop the last one off there. <laughs> no, it's a jack-o'-lantern, man. Okay. Don't, be, don't be. Okay. <laughs> we can do whatever we want now. Um, but no, we're going to be talking about Native American monsters and creatures tonight. We are in November, and you know, not to say that the only time we can think about Native American stuff is November, but it definitely jumps out at us. Yep. And so we wanted to pay homage to that because uh, you have an obsession with the Wendigo. Oh, yeah. Um, I love the Wendigo. And that's kind of uh, – really, that's kind of pe- – besides Sasquatch, I think those are the two first, like, people's introductions into that. Or a Skinwalker. Yeah, Skinwalker. Yeah, yeah which, those are shape-shifting yep. freaks. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so <laughs> we're going to get into that. Rob, feel free to join in and Sweet. comment and talk. And uh, we're going to see what Josh has brought on to the table to us. Uh, I use table because Thanksgiving's coming up. Okay. Well, in that case, I'll say I have a cornucopia Ooh! of uh, news. A, a virtual cornucopia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, breaking into it here. Start off Wendigo. Or Wendigo. Or Wendigo. I hate when people say Wendigo. So uh, my introduction to the Wendigo comes from the book Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I thought you were going to say the Book of Mormon. So no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that uh, the Wendigo is not mentioned in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, you never know. Uh, the Angel Moroni was actually a Wendigo. <laughs> Uh, but no, yeah, you're right. I didn't even think about yeah. that. That would have been mine too. Would have yeah. been. But I mean, that that always about. just that story, man. It just creeped me out. I can still almost remember all the uh, kind of sketch work and everything that was in the book. Oh yeah, it. it was just yeah. So that was that's intro- what I should have used. You know, we were on Great Day Live recently, and yeah. so we were talking about this upcoming episode, and I should have grabbed that picture from yeah. Scary Stories it's, to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's uh, just anything like that that's kind of sketched. Like it's it's not really a drawn picture, mm-hmm. just sketch. It just always seems like it's more creepy, anyways. Yeah. So, so yeah, we got the Wendigo. So, the Wendigo uh, basically comes from um, uh, mostly it's the tribes up in the uh, Nova Scotia, Canada, Northern Forest, all that kind of stuff in there. And it's mainly because it happens um, 
kind of in the winter time mostly is when you find wendigos and things like that and so it, it tends to stay more wintry in those areas for longer mm-hmm. yeah um, even up towards the great lakes and stuff yep so this you know native american algonquin tribes is where the wendigo uh, lore comes from but it's basically a mythological man-eating creature or evil spirit um the Wendigo is described as a monster with some characteristics of a human or as a spirit who has possessed a human being, uh, being and then made them become monstrous. Um, its influence is said to invoke acts of murder, insatiable greed, cannibalism, and the cultural taboos against uh, such behaviors. Interesting. So, you know, definitely have heard the cannibalism. Yeah, uh, but one thing I didn't hear was that it there was a spirit that would possess a human and then cause them to essentially change into the monster. That's even scarier. Yeah, it is to think that you yourself could become the Wendigo without no. I mean, it's very like demon possession, right? Yeah. Sure. Well, there's there's some other um, stuff that I found. I don't remember if I included it in the research, but that that said that. Um, Wendigo, if you were a Wendigo, you had the ability to make other Wendigo. Okay, so like a vampire. Like a vampire type thing. So if you were... um, So if you needed a family. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it says that like if you were vulnerable, like if you were already kind of doing, um, I don't know, greedy type things, Mm -hmm. then you were more susceptible to being bitten or or created into a Wendigo. Great. So it's almost like a... uh, like a pheromone of some sort, you know. Yeah, or or if you think about the whole evil spirit um, idea, then you your um, character is diminished because yeah. you're doing certain things, and so you're more susceptible to that evil spirit right. coming in and, and yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so as the tale goes, uh, the Wendigo was once a lost hunter uh, during a brutally cold winter. Um, this man's intense hunger drove him to cannibalism. After feasting on another human's flesh, he transformed into a crazed man-beast roaming the forest in search of more people to eat. So, uh, there are different versions of the Wendigo legend. Dude's hungry. They say different things about things like his speed and his agility. Um, you know, Some claim he is unusually fast and can endure walking for long periods of time. He's a six million dollar monster. <laughs> <laughs> um, Other says he walks in a more haggard type manner, uh, as if he's falling apart. Um, but you know, again, thinking about the Wendigo and its influence on on people, uh, speed wouldn't necessarily be a skill. Um, unlike other carnivores, the Wendigo doesn't rely on pursuing its prey in order to capture and eat it. Rather. One of his tra- uh, traits is the ability to mimic human voices. Yes. He, I've heard this. This this is what creeps me out. This is the same thing. Uh, Waverly has spirits that it, that'll do that. Those doppelgangers or different things yep. like that that tend to mimic human voices. So have you ever heard a, um, this is a really odd thing, but have you ever heard a peacock um, call? Yeah. Sounds like help. It sounds help. like a woman screaming help, right? Mm-hmm. So. It's kind of this, you know, I mean, I was, I remember one time I was out fishing uh, with some friends and we were coming back and we heard this woman screaming, help, help. And we thought, you know, something was going on, but it was because this guy had peacocks that he mm-hmm. kept in his farm. So, yeah, it was, um, wow. so just think about 
you're out in the woods, it's snowing, there's snow all over the ground, it's dark, it's cold, and you hear this person maybe yelling your name or yelling help, you go to investigate, next thing you know, you're lunch. Boom. You're Wendy gone. <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. You can't even move from that. that yeah, that sucks. <laughs> you can't even move from that. I would, how do you where is the when are you getting to the part where you escape the wendigo (laughs) (laughs) how do you overcome this um gruesome run (laughs) yeah run i guess because don't trust nobody (laughs) he may he may or may not be slow i don't know um yet you know don't uh if you hear somebody calling your name in the woods uh maybe just stay where you are and call back you know, <laughs> or you just I say, hey, no, <laughs> no, help. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to go get some help. Yeah. <laughs> you go get like 50 people. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm cold. Me too. It's winter. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I should have grabbed a blanket. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the um, so, you know, it goes on to there's a bunch of different tribes, all part really of the Algonquin speaking peoples that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, believe in this uh, Wendigo lore. Um, basically, they all think that you know the Wendigo is a um, malevolent, uh, cannibalistic, supernatural being, uh, strongly associated with the winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. Yeah, and there's some. I don't know if you have this on here, and so I may be jumping in on it, but it's like there are some traditions that believe the Wendigo were human. Yeah, like they yeah. started as humans, but in the winter were forced into cannibalism. Yeah. Uh, they stuck with that and continued with that, and over time they evolved into the cre- supernatural creatures. Yeah. And they, they lived in caves. Yeah. Right? They yeah. lived down mm-hmm. in the yeah. in the ground. There's a game called Until Dawn. Yes, that that ga- I love that I love game. that game. So it's like a choice-based game, mm-hmm. and, and it's uh, the storyline is about the Wendigo. I didn't basically. even think about that yet. Yeah, and now that I think about it and listen to this folklore, it's – it's like even the choices you made as yeah. certain characters would get you killed by the Wendigo if you did, you know, if you made bad choices, basically. Mm. So Yeah, if you had PS4, I'd let you borrow it. <laughs> it really is good. It's and it's got like game. Rami Malek is in it, um, Hayden Panettiere. Hayden Panettiere. Mm. Like, and they look like them as it's, well. It, it's like a movie. It's like you're playing a movie. Oh. It's yeah. really cool. It's Choose like, Your Own Adventure. Choose Your Own Adventure. It's not yeah. high action. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's, it's good. It, it's scary, too, <laughs> it dude. Scary. I made sure to play the whole game with my headphones on. <laughs> with the lights off, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you make good choices? Did no. you save it? <laughs> no. There was sometimes like I, I legit got scared, and I was like, "You're on your own." <laughs> yeah, you can save up to like seven people, and I think you can literally lose one. Per- like you can save six people, five people, four mm. people, three. You know, are none. Yeah. So it's really a really cool game. Wow, I, go. I, I wish there was a service that allowed you to to rent consoles. Oh, because then I'd rent a PS4 just to play that. You used to be able to, like at Blockbuster and yeah. stuff, you could rent a console. Right. Back right oh, when you could also rent a VHS tape. Yep. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right. So we got a, um, we actually have a description here from a teacher and scholar in Ontario, uh, name of Basil H. Johnston. At least that's what I assume it is. Okay. Ooh, can I read it? Go ahead. All right. <clears throat> the Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation, its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones. With its bones pushing out against its skin, its complexion the ash gray of death, 
and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from superation of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption. So imagine like uh, Gollum. Yep. Yeah. But uh, maybe walking a little more upright. Like Gollum if he were an orc. Is he a Wendigo? Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Maybe. Well. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, he can't, he is a cannibal. Yeah, he is a cannibal. Though I, it's the ring that made him. Yeah. What he was. Right. It ruined Which his heart. is greed. Yeah, it yeah. is very much greed. So very much greed. Yeah. We yeah. just we just solved uh solved the Hobbit. Yep. Uh, You're wow. welcome. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Gollum is a Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I'm not even gonna try to pronounce some of the names of these tribes. Um just say that they're Algonquin uh mm-hmm. peoples. So uh, but Wendigos are often described as giants, uh, many times larger than human beings. Um, <clears throat> and uh, whenever the Wendigo ate another person, it would grow in proportion to the meal it had just eaten, so it would never be full. Oh, that sucks. That's a really cool way to explain hunger. So it's like maybe that's what happened to Galactus. Like he used <laughs> to be just a dude, yeah, but he just got bigger and bigger until yeah. he had to eat planets, like. So it's like... It Hashtag Galactus is a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, so he's he's big and emaciated and full, but yet always hungered because he's constantly growing. So, which I guess where you come into the giant aspect, right? So I guess the bigger the wind to go, the more people it had consumed. Right. Which you know the, the the image that you did show showed like a really big big yeah Wendigo. like he held the girl like he held the girl hand. in his one hand so I mean he had been well it's interesting because if you'll remember Apache Chief from Super Friends <laughs> <laughs> that was his his like superpower was getting big hashtag <laughs> hashtag <laughs> Apache Chief is a Wendigo, a Wendigo. <laughs> so yeah um. The uh, Wendigo is seen as the embodiment of gluttony, greed, and excess. Uh, never satisfied after killing and consuming one person, they are constantly searching for new victims. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about uh, human Wendigos. Cannibals. Mm. Uh, in some traditions, humans overpowered by greed could turn into Wendigos. And so this again gets back to like you know maybe the spirit aspect. Right, so hashtag Jeffrey Dahmer was one to go. <laughs> head and, what does Jeffrey Dahmer keep in his shower? What? Head and shoulders. <laughs> what does Jeffrey Dahmer keep in his fridge? Arm and hammer. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't know if I was ever going to be able to use those jokes again. But, you know, <laughs> we bring them back. Yeah! So. <laughs> Just a reminder to take my improv class. Right. Um. Uh, humans could also turn into Wendigos by being in contact with them for too long. So, this part right here is confusing. So, you're in contact with the Wendigo, but you're not dead. 
Like well, it, it's I mean, not consuming you. Think about it being an airborne disease or a, uh, a King Kong scenario. Or maybe it's like the uh, the ice creature thing from Star Wars. You know, he catches Luke, hangs him up in mm-hmm. his cave. He's going to eat him later. Later, yeah. You know, so then if Luke hangs around too long. Right, and then his wife accidentally ordered pizza. Yeah. And <laughs> next thing you know, like, he's turning into a Wendigo. And right. It's just awkward. Yeah, you know, hashtag Luke is Wendigo. Um. All right, so there is a uh, ceremony uh, that certain tribes perform. The one of them looks like it says ass and bone. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't Uh, either. I'm just saying it's, I think it's Assiniboine. Probably. (laughs) It's interesting, too. (laughs) (laughs) One of the tribes in here is the Cree, which isn't that from... uh, That's K-R-E-E if you're talking about Marvel. Okay. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> but maybe uh, but maybe somebody stole it. I don't know. It's possible, but um, it is a uh, satirical ceremonial dance, uh, sometimes performed during times of famine to reinforce the seriousness of the Wendigo taboo. The ceremony, known as Ooh, I want to try this. Go ahead, Wendigukanazimoen. That's a pretty good try. Wendigo Okanzahimoen. We'll go with that. That's crazy long. Yeah, that's. I'm sure it sounds better uh, from someone speaking the native tongue. Sure. Uh, was performed during times of famine and involved wearing masks and dancing backwards around a drum. Interesting. So, have you ever tried walking backwards? Mm-hmm. Have you ever tried dancing mm-hmm. backwards? It sucks. Yeah, so. Whoever got picked to be in that drum circle. Um, ah, I'm sure they work on it. But they're like, you need to sweep the area really good, okay? If I hit right. one rock, I'm down. If there's a you know a root that yeah, <laughs> there's one root, we're done. So the um, now there is a uh, actually a modern medical term called Wendigo psychosis um, that is described by a psychiatrist as a culture-bound syndrome with symptoms such as an intense craving for human flesh and fear of becoming a cannibal. Interesting. So it's culture-related, not... Yeah. Okay. Um, In some indigenous communities, environmental destruction and insatiable greed are also seen as manifestation of the Wendigo psychosis. Well, it also reminds me of, during the Halloween episode, we talked about the lycanthropy psychosis, which was very similar as well. Yep. So one of the most infamous cases is the story of Swift Runner, a Native American man who murdered and ate his whole family during the winter of 1879. According to, and wait for it, Animal Planet, (laughs) of all the places to do a story like this. Hashtag Wendigo is an animal. (laughs) Swift Runner claimed to be possessed by a Wendigo spirit at the time of the murders. He was still hanged for his crime, though. Yeah, so it's interesting, uh, since you brought up Animal Planet, because Wendigos are, sometimes they have antler, sometimes they have fur, sometimes they're very just, like, golem, like they're skinny and gross and they look very human-esque, but it's all different, and I think different tribes kind of have their own ideas as well. Yeah, I mean, some of the pictures that I came across were actually, it was like like almost like a dog with really long legs Mm -hmm. and then antlers coming out of his back. I mean, it was really Weird. weird looking. So, moving on from the Wendigo, there is another uh, supernatural um, creature called the Weish, Weishug, or Weishuge. I think it's the Weichuge. There you go. 
Yeah, it actually it says pronounced. That's how it. I did it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> and this is a man-eating creature or evil spirit appearing in the legends of the Athabascan people, uh, which I think is a subset of the Algonquin tribes. Yeah. Um, in uh, beaver myth- mythology, it is said to be a person who has been possessed or overwhelmed by the power of one of the ancient giant spirit animals. So this is actually like... Um, in a lot of Native American tribes, um, you have these big spirit animals. They're mm-hmm. almost like the gods, yeah. if you will. And so this is like, this is a basically a, a god possession. Yeah, it's very human. similar to a lot of Japanese lore as well. Yep. So, um, related to becoming too strong. These giant animals were crafty, intelligent, powerful, and somehow retained their power despite being transformed into a normal-sized animal of the present day. Professor Robin Riddington. Sorry, anything that ends with a ton, I'm just going to assume is snooty English person. (laughs) She's from Nebraska. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Came across stories of the uh, Weishuge while speaking with the Danzi of the Peace River region in western Canada. The Danzi believed that one could uh, become Weishuge by breaking a taboo and becoming too strong. Examples of these taboos include a person having a photo taken with a flash, listening to music made with a stretched string or hide, such as a guitar music, eating meat with fly eggs in it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, this is, you think yeah, this I is, know. You know, I know. We didn't always have refrigeration and all that kind of stuff, so... Uh, like the Wendigo, the Weshuge seeks to eat people, attempting to lure them away from their fellows by cunning. The Weshuge is said to be stronger than the Wendigo, and also more intelligent and cunning. Which, if the Wendigo is an evil spirit, and the Weshuge is a sky people, basically, type yeah. animal spirit, I mean, that would make sense. Yeah. Um, in one folktale, it is made of ice and very strong and is only killed by being thrown on a campfire and kept there overnight until it has melted. Being a Weshuge is considered a curse and a punishment as they are destructive and cannibalistic creatures. How can they be made of ice and cannibalistic? Or am I misunderstanding? Maybe it's drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... It, <clears throat> so it's a it's a person who's been in, uh, possessed right. by the spirit. So maybe they're frozen. Right. It's a frozen person, but they're still eating people. I don't yeah. know. It's like the the Ice King from. Uh, and then when I think of possession, I guess I'm. It's more like a transformation, like because this is a lot of these things. I just it's almost funny, honestly. Like no disrespect to any of. The people no, but. I think they know it's lore as well. It's just, yeah. But, I mean, it's... It sounds like a a spiritual transformation, like a description of a spiritual transformation more so than a physical. physical, Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, it it could be, and and it also could be the... um, uh, What was the... What was it going for? I was trying... Oh, my goodness. Oh, so think about some of the possession, like demonic possessions in people. Yeah. 
some of those stories, like people change, right? Yeah, they yeah. change. So, yeah. I mean, it could just be that, that the possession causes those changes to actually occur. Wow. I mean, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day about um, all of these types of things, most of the stuff we talked about on the program, and uh, they were saying, you know, do you, th- do you think any of this stuff is real? And I said, well, I think that um, I think that people, our ancestors, thought it was real enough. And then, as we, as a, as a people, have matured and our brains have, um, our brain capacity has increased, we've dismissed a lot of these things as being just an, um, an, an ignorant person not understanding why something is the way it is, right, right. and using lore to explain it. But I think sometimes maybe we do ourselves a dis uh, justice that maybe these things do exist and go bump in the night, and we assume that somebody just created this story but maybe it was right you know actually true so yeah. <coughs> is the have you guys seen the movie the ritual on yes. netflix isn't that a wendigo in it's, that? it's very similar yeah like but that's like a um, german or uh, norwegian film movie? yeah and so it deals with their lore so it's oh, something okay. based off that but it's very it similar looks just like that i mean like I just pulled up some pictures and stuff on Google, and it yeah, it uh, I didn't even think about that, but yeah, pretty, if you haven't yeah. seen the ritual, it's really good. It's a foreign film, but you can watch it dubbed. Yeah, um, but it's 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 it was way better than I it's thought it was so gonna be. So good, yeah, man. But it's definitely that cobbled together creature. Well, and in, in there's a lot of um, a lot of lore across the like the world mm-hmm. that shares similarities. I mm-hmm. notice. I'm so yeah. I mean, in in. in you know, you mentioned in, in Japanese lore, there's yeah. there's some similarities, and then we have so all these peoples had, who at the time probably had never interacted with each other yet yep. have similar lore. Yeah. Begs the reason that are these the same creatures that exist in multiple places? Right. Just described or or inter just interacted. described through their eyes yeah. and their experiences right. to make sense of it. Yep. Yep. I agree. Wow. So moving on, um, the Nunyan Nun. <laughs> None you know we. It's <laughs> <laughs> my aunt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which com- is what I think it is. Yeah. Which comes from the uh, Cherokee uh, lore, and it basically means dressed in stone. Okay, so we're getting our golem type creature. Yeah. yeah. So it is described as a human-like being with a skin as hard as stone, which no weapon can pierce. It carries a magical cane, which points out victims and has other magical powers. Despite its monstrosity, is that right? Monstrousness. 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 There you go. Whatever. Apple. You say... Yeah. You say apple, I say yeah. apple. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag apple was a Wendigo. <laughs> it is described as a powerful sorcerer or medicine man. It devours human beings, interact with spirits, and can control people's minds. Interesting. So, so when you've got a creature that's not human, is it technically cannibalism? That's what thinking I'm about the Wendigo going yeah. back. You know, like is it? I guess. I, I it's guess just it's hard for us to not feel like we're at the top of the food chain. Maybe, maybe the cannibalism is what causes the transformation into Wendigo. Right, and there, there is. That's what I said. There's yeah. some lore that that backs that. You have up to as well. eat some human meat. Before this, any of these things can happen, you could turn to ice. You could turn to stone. Mm. Oh, that's a good oh, idea. Yeah. That's a good thought. That all of these things are <laughs> like your own personal hell that happens instantaneously. <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah. When you so, 
crap, I accidentally swallowed a fingernail. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think happened to Jeffrey Dahmer? Okay. Before that, he was just a guy at he was school. Just a guy working at Radio Shack. <laughs> yep. We all snapped. You know, yeah. all Wendigo. So, <clears throat> according to myth, the uh, Nun- Nunyuwinui, uh was led by its cane to a village. However, the village had been warned in advance by a hunter who had spotted the creature in the mountains. The medicine man warned the villagers that, though the monster would be very difficult to kill with weapons, it could not bear the sight of a menstruating woman. Okay, so it's just a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> like a boomer. Right. A baby yeah. boomer Republican. Wow. So seven such women were assembled and placed in front of the village. After the monster had seen them all, it was weakened so much that it could not move. No, bro. <laughs> no. Is that Kotex? <laughs> <clears throat> Red Bull is not the only thing that gives you wings. <laughs> <laughs> all of these myths take such a such a dynamic turn. You know, mm-hmm. it j- it's like, I, oh, okay, I understand. Yep. And then it's like, boom. Like, I mean, listen, though, uh, this is the first time menstruating women, though, are considered <laughs> powerful, though, yeah. in a lot of, like, biblical culture and things yeah. like that. They were sent out of the village right, here. Right. It was like, you will defeat the monster that a weapon cannot defeat. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we can, so much you can move. The medicine man then burned the creature, and its remains contained a great jewel and lumps of red paint. Okay. All so, right. so this kind of, you know, <laughs> getting back to your golem uh, mm-hmm. reference, I think the golem is like mold. So it, there's a bunch of different golems, but right. there's there is one made out of clay. Mm-hmm. You can mold it out of clay, and then you infuse it with something, and that makes it into a living right, creature, a creature. That, that goes off. After. Yeah, and I think it's uh, there's also like sacred text that you can roll up and put in their mouth, and that awakens them yep. as well. Yeah. Yeah, I actually actually did a lot of research on the golem um, a little while ago, and there's there's actually a golem for pretty much every element. Yeah, and it's really cool, man. Yeah. There's a lot of lore, and it, I mean that original silent film, the golem is really really yeah. cool. By mm. the way, I've so. never seen one. Yeah, it's good. All right, moving on. The uh, wait, go ahead. Are those Wendigo in um, what's the name of the movie with the the ladies that go down the descent? Have you guys seen oh, the Oh, the cave creatures? Yeah. I don't know if those, those are Wendigo, but I mean, it could be. They're I'm, cannibal things. Yeah. And they, like, that's a good movie, too. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, I can't. Uh, yeah. I tried watching it, and I couldn't. It's scary. It's it good. is. <laughs> nuts. <laughs> the, um, so, moving on? Mm-hmm. Good? So. Okay. That's oh, okay. So, the uh, Noon High. High. Yep are a race of immortal spirit people in Cherokee mythology. Uh, in the Cherokee language, Nunihai literally means the people who live anywhere. Uh, but it is often translated into English as the people who live forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, That's a very different thing. Right. I mean, it, <laughs> it is. Um, the Cherokee believe the Nunihai to be a type of supernatural human being completely distinct from ghosts and nature spirits, as well as from gods. And this sense, the Nunihai um, and the Cherokee e- equivalent of fairies. Um, and believe in fairy-like beings as universal among all ethnicities, including American. Yeah, Indian I tribe. have absolutely heard tales of Native American little people. 
Um, very interesting. So once again, yeah, here's their idea of Faye and Pixies and Brownies. Yep. Similar, but in a whole different continent. So according to Cherokee folklore, the Nunahay or Nunahai um, had many underground townhouses throughout the southern Appalachian Mountains, which, by the way, Kentucky is in the southern Appalachian Mountain area. Yeah. <coughs> so it's a big Cherokee area. So. Yeah. Um, and they were particularly fond of high mountain peaks uh, where no timber ever grew. Hunters would often hear the Nunahai in the mountains singing and dancing and beating drums. It's very, very fairy. It's very yeah. pixie folk. I mean, it's very similar. Uh, but when they would go toward the sound, it would shift about and suddenly seem to be coming from behind them or from some other direction so that the person hearing the sound would never be able to find where it was coming from. So I went camping years ago with my friend Santosh and my friend Mary Taylor. We went camping on this farm in uh, the Daniel Boone National Forest, like right right on the Appalachians. And we were up in this farm up in the mountains. And uh, both nights that we were out there, there wasn't another farm for like 20 miles. Um, we heard this Native American drumming. And... It's funny that you say this because when we would move, it would sh- it would it felt like it would change directions, like it like all of a sudden, yeah, yeah it was behind us. Both nights that we camped out, we heard it um, off in the distance, and you know, granted, it could be you know echoing off the mountains we were in. Right. I don't know, but just like that, it weirds me out a little bit because now I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, I remember it felt like it moved behind us and it was in a different direction once we went towards a certain direction. So that's really interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> makes you wonder if um, they're kind of like the uh, Jin, right? Uh, live in like a, a an area that's in between worlds, right? So, all right. So next up, we have the Raven Mocker. What a great name! I mean, I feel like if it wasn't uh, two words, it would be great as a last name. Yeah, Raven Mocker. It's like Miss Tess Mocker. <laughs> Um, but no, Ravenmocker, what a great name because ravens already will yeah. mock you, so it's right. kind of cool. So what, what's up up these guys? So this is an evil spirit, uh, and this is the most feared of Cherokee witches. Uh, according to Cherokee mythology, it robs the sick and dying of their heart. Normally appearing as old, withered men and women, or turning completely invisible except to certain medicine men, they take to the air in a fiery shape, with the sounds of a raven's cry and a strong wind as they hunt for their next victim. After tormenting and killing their victim by slitting the victim's head, they consume his heart, doing so without leaving a mark on the victim's skin. And add a year to their life for every year that the slain would have still lived. Interesting. The sound of a raven of a raven mocker means that someone in the area will soon die. Raven mockers are normally invisible when feeding, but those with strong medicine can not only spot them but cause them to die within seven days. Seven days. Again, the whole numerology of things is just really interesting. But mm-hmm. um, medicine men will sometimes stand guard over the dying to prevent raven mockers from stealing the heart of the affected or the, the, the afflicted uh, raven mockers are feared and envied by other witches of Cherokee folklore and their bodies may be used by said witches after death <coughs> so um, yeah it's interesting that uh, I wonder what's the difference between a witch and a medicine man in Native American folklore 
probably probably just gender. Okay. Hmm. Or or dark versus light. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. So next up on the list we have the Adlet. Or or quig Quiglet. <laughs> Quigley down under. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or, or piglet. Um these are a race of creatures in the Inuit mythology of Greenland, as well as Labrador and Hudson Bay. While the word refers, refers to inland Native American tribes, it also denotes a humanoid dog-legged tribe. Ah, so like they were a separate tribe. Yeah. A pack. A so pack. <laughs> <laughs> a wolf pack. Yeah. Um, the lower part of the body of the canine adlet is like that of a dog, and the upper part is like that of a man. The all adlet ran or run quickly. Because they have dog legs. Right. And their encounters with men usually end with the man as the victor. Okay, so they're playing dog in that regard, whereas the dog is subservient. Right. In Inuit lore, they are often portrayed as in conflict with humans and are supposed to be taller than Inuit. In some stories, they are cannibals. Uh, there's a lot of cannibalism mm -hmm. uh, across the board. Inuit from Labrador use the term adlet. Uh, tribes west of the Hudson Bay use the word or piglet. Uh, the monstrous race begotten by the adlet was identified with inland Native Americans by the Labrador and Hudson Bay tribes. Inuit from Greenland and Baffin land, which had no Native American neighbors, used the term to refer to the half-human, half-canine creatures. Interesting. So this next one is uh, pretty creepy. This is a uh, shapeshifter who kidnaps children and hides them away and then abandons them. Um, the Inukshukatka, I don't know, I'm, yeah, sorry if I offend anybody, of stone. Um, it's the, I believe it's the Inukshuk. Okay. I'll just let you pronounce all these. Okay. Uh, allow these children to find their way back if they can convince the Idrak to let them go. Uh, so this is Inuit as well. It's, it's God, this one creeps me out a lot. Just I don't know anything taking children really yeah. bothers me. Well, and, and we think I mean the Inuit are really northern. I mean they're way up there. I oh mean, yeah, they're, they're like the Arctic Circle. The, yeah, yeah, Arctic Circle and stuff so in Alaska. And it really makes me want to stay in a nice fair climate. Um, yeah, for <laughs> sure. Next time, think about that. Next time you want to take an Alaskan cruise. Well, and that's why it's interesting. You don't hear tale of, like, the Wendigo or things like that down in, like, the Seminoles and right. things like that where it was warmer because there was a less need for or eating. Cannibalism yeah. to, to occur. Exactly. You're less likely to run out of food stores and all Especially that kind of Especially during the Ice Age. I mean, like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, the uh, North Baffin dialects, the word or the term uh, Idirak means shapeshifter. Um, the, uh, Turica, whatever you just said, Turicasuk, Tur no, that's different, that's different, that, this is the Tarakasuk, yeah, appear like a half man, half caribou monster, and Idirak can appear in any form it chooses, making it particularly deceptive, right, so basically they're saying while these other creatures are stuck in a form, this yeah. is a shapeshifter, which can, makes them extra creepy, look like anything. 
Um, when you are hunting somewhere that an Idrak um, inhabited, you will see them in the corner of your eye or a fleeting moment. Um, if you try to observe them directly, however, they are completely elusive. So it's like, you know, you're walking through the woods and you feel like there's something moving off to the corner and you like you look at it and there's nothing there. So that, I don't know, that happens to me all the time. All so. the time. Um, if you, uh, in the um, Freeman's Cove area of Tukerstupik, yeah. Tukerstupik. There you go. I'm not very good at pronouncing this name. I apologize. So, <coughs> Bathurst Island. Um, Freeman's Cove is most notable as a stopover for the ship Intrepid and also for the failed attempts by the infamous modern-day explorer, Corey C. Butte. So I have a story um, that involves uh, Mr. Butte, and um, we'll get to that here in just a second, but I want to touch on real, real quick that the Idred are said to inhabit a place between two worlds. Not quite in this one, not quite out of the other one. So Which again, is one of our theories for right, most creatures. right. In the Inuit further south, the North Bathen group um, used to hold to the belief that some Inuit went too far north in the chase for game and became trapped between the world of the dead and the world of the living, and thus became the Idrat. According to a small handful of surviving elders in the South Baffin region that are new, excuse me, that knew these beliefs, the Inuit that are Settled in Resolute Bay and Grice Ford are the shapeshifters or shadow people. So this is it's like calling out. So the Inuit who are in Resolute Bay and Grice Ford, Fjord are the shapeshifters. Okay. That's what this is saying. Right. Because they went too far north, and so some elders will avoid being in presence of extreme northern Inuit, fearing they will be the evil Idrit. Because or, it's a shapeshifter. So, yeah, yeah I, would, right. I, I get it. I get it. So, the uh, the home of the Idret is said to be cursed, and one will lose their way no matter how skilled or familiar with the land. So you got this guy, Cory Butte, and his wife, Inugu, were said to be out hunting once on the small peninsula across from the Bay of Freeman's Cove. And Butte, despite being a renowned navigator, became a completely turned around. While he and his wife had been there before, and they could clearly see the camp where their children were on the horizon, Butte had to closely follow the trail of disturbed shale and rock to get back. It is thought by many that this is a temporary disorientation was due to the influence of the Idrat. When Inugu and Butte finally returned to their children, they discovered a polar bear was circling the camp, sizing their children up for a meal. So again, this you know distortion caused by the Idrat, Potentially, this polar bear is actually an injurette shapeshifter that's looking at the children. You know, so yeah. Um, <clears throat> a local hunter with considerable local knowledge, uh, also of Resolute Bay, was said to have experienced this disorientation in the same place on a hunting trip the year before. The Inuit believe the injurette do this to confuse Inuit people and to keep them from moving into the areas. Now, I do have a little bit of a plausible or something that's offered up as a skeptic's view. And that is one plausible explanation for this unusual phenomenon is likely related to large deposits of sour gas. 
Oh. <laughs> like gas is already <laughs> nasty, and then you're gonna make it sour. <laughs> of which somebody knows my uncle Bill. <laughs> <laughs> of which can be disturbed by simply walking over tops of of the pockets, causing them to expel the toxic gas, hydrogen sulfide. Butte and Anugu made reference in their journals of inexplicable gatherings of a variety of animal remains in seemingly random and mysterious piles. This corroborates the thought that the gas is responsible for these occurrences. Gas and sulfur smoke have been reported in the area as well as hot water springs discovered by the um, Amarillic family, all of which could cause a mirage causing the traveler to see things such as a giraffe the gas, vapor, or pockets low in oxygen could also account for hallucinations and sensations of being watched. Hmm. And I mean, it does say, like, in some of the other stuff that I found, like, that whole area is like a ring of dormant volcanoes and stuff like that. So, you know, you know all that kind of stuff does release. Oh, yeah. I mean, up near um, Lake Superior, there's a ton of sulfur mines because it's just so prevalent. And a lot of wells up there are just so sulfur. You call it here called egg water quite a lot. Um, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. So I mean, again, I mean, we just have scratched the surface. Yeah. There's so many more. There and were... We probably will revisit this again. Oh with yeah. New creatures, uh, all that stuff. But a lot of crazy stuff. Mostly cannibalism. Yeah, that seems to be a common theme. At least among the northern tribes. Yeah, I'd be interested to hit some of the uh, the warmer tribes, yeah. like the Seminoles and, and whatnot. Some of the folks yeah. out in like uh, the Arizona, New Mexico yeah, area. Yeah, the Diné yeah. or the Navajo, yeah. uh, which is the same thing, um, or the Apache, things like that. Yeah, I would very much be into that. Um, or the Zuni. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so uh, that is kind of our, like I said, our, our light touch on Native American creatures. Uh, very, very interesting. Thanks, Josh, for bringing that to us. Yep. Uh, we got a little bit of time, and so I wanted to uh, spin the narrative real quick to Rob because he's here. And one of the reasons we brought you on is because you're going to be releasing an EP. Uh, what, so give us a little bit about that EP and uh, even about your original album. And But really, I'm curious about the date when they can get that EP for those that know you. Definitely. Um, <clears throat> so, yes, I'm releasing the EP um, on November the 15th. Um, of this year, obviously, <laughs> and uh, and it's a uh, it's basically a four song EP. It's it's four remixes from basically my debut album Art of Flight, which came out um, April twentieth of two thousand and eighteen, and it's just a collaborative project between me and a local producer named Gulches. I'll tell you what, I got an opportunity to listen to it, as did Josh, and I really, really dig the remixes. Thank you. Uh, on yeah. all of them. I really liked all four, and of course, I'm like, oh, but now what about this song, and what about this song, <laughs> exactly. what about this song? I'm like, I would have listened to Gulch's do the whole album. Uh Like, this is literally my favorite remix album next to uh, Belle Bib DeVoe's Boot City remix. Wow. That's, that's really? my wow. favorite. I, I'm not a huge fan of remix albums. I don't but I love Boot City. <laughs> Boot City, I like better than the original yeah. album. Um, but yeah, I really dug this, especially the song that we're going to play in a little bit is my favorite one on Ooh. there. But yeah, what? so I, I know talking to you, you said this is a little bit of a holdover, right? Yeah, so basically, um, honestly, I 
got to a point uh, within this year where I wanted to completely move on from the Art of Flight project mm-hmm. and just put start pushing new music. And um, I kind of I had worked on these remixes because it, it originally was supposed to be the full album remix so that way i could offer like maybe a double disc repackaging type of deal um but basically the hard drive that a lot of the songs were saved on ended up being corrupted oh man i know (laughs) so i lost my like original song files you know like my acapellas and just the recordings period yes sucks sucks then definitely yeah. it's time to move on. <laughs> yeah, and, and and really, honestly, like, that's what yeah. I'm taking it as. The guy, uh, Gulch's, he really pushed me to, like, basically release these. I had kind of let them out on SoundCloud and, mm-hmm. and Tune, which is like a uh, a streaming site where you get paid in um, 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 Bitcoin right. for your stream. So, anyways, um, it was released on both of those platforms, and a lot of people responded to them well. So I was like, hey, um, I need a project to release to just basically hold everything over because I want to continue to take my time with the new music. So, yeah, so that's how this project came about. And I honestly did not even plan on really pushing it or releasing it at all. So I think I'm just well, excited about I'm the glad fact you that are. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's good. I like it, man. And I'm sad. I would have loved to have heard the whole album, the but whole I'll tell you thing, what, I'm sick of you teasing me with new music. I know. <laughs> you keep teasing us with like recordings and stuff. I I'm know. so ready. When, when is this new album coming? Um, so basically I am going to start pushing new things as early as, late December, mm. like early January. And I'm still kind of working on how I want to do that because I I have so many things that I, <laughs> I just want to, I just want to drop this, that, and I the need other. your Christmas album stat, <laughs> <laughs> which Sexy is Christmas, which is just how, you know, it's going to probably <laughs> end up being a whole album or something. Right. Um, but I, I really am at the point right now working wise where I can kind of split things up Good. and I can kind of do a project at the beginning of the year and a project at the end of the year. I'm just kind of still figuring out exactly how I want to do it because regardless of however it ends up being packaged, I'm releasing something January 1st. Oops. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like if not sooner than that, yeah. like it, it well, yeah. keep doing it, man. I mean, we've been friends before your music, but we've gotten closer because of music. Had you sing at my wedding. Yes. Um, I'm Thank very you. anxious. I'm like when I tell you that I love your music, I mean it. My wife, jams to it you have made many a night for us That's awesome. <laughs> you are on our playlist yeah. so awkward moment yes. um, but yeah i love so it man and I, and I love the the side beats that i find of places where you've guested because i'm always finding new places yeah. you know you know like i've told you before um i love that one you did um with uh, the sound what are they called the freedom sound Oh my God! My, I was just playing it. <laughs> you were just playing it, but I, I know. Yeah. Here we are, so familiar. Of uh, uh, random unison. Uh, yeah. The free yeah. soul effect. Free soul effect. Free soul effect. Yeah. God, I love that song. Yeah. Uh, and like, and I, I've listened to their album. Like, because yeah. of you, it directed oh. me to them. That awesome. album's great. Yours awesome. is still the best track on there. Oh man, um, that's man. It's so many dope people. Oh man, there. and then that like uh, oh, that uh, reggaeton or whatever you. That was a yeah. cool cut. Oh like, yeah, the comma. <laughs> 
yeah. Like, I'm just telling you, like, I'm like, I'm, I'm hardcore, man. I really like to, um, I really don't like to limit myself as just R&B. And if I ever do get in a box of just R&B, like, I want to bring R&B over a rock beat yes. or R&B over a pop yeah. beat. Or, like, I, I just really, but honestly, like, I, I ultimately see myself in the future as, like, a rock star, more like on the Prince level, honestly. Yes, yeah. I'm hoping that I learn to play a million instruments, yes. you know, with, with but honestly, like I know right now, it's so um, boxed in here locally, you know, as far as that goes. But I, no, I see myself yeah. as. Yeah, keep on doing what yeah, you want international. to do. And so I want to play this cut, uh, uh, Keep It Real, Braxton. Ooh. I love, I already liked this song before, and I like it even more now. <laughs> um, I man, Braxton's awesome, man. He is. Um, you guys work very well together, and Thank so I want to play this cut for you real Thank quick. You.
All right, so that's it, man. Yeah. So November fifteenth, November fifteenth uh, on all streaming the platforms. EP, yeah. The EP, yeah, all all the, the streaming platforms. Check it out. Um, if you haven't checked out Art of Flight yet, that is also on all the yeah. streaming platforms. Yeah. Go check it out. It's an amazing album. Thank uh, you. Rob Lee, thank you so much for coming on and uh, sharing that story with us. Because speaking of stories, Ooh. we got our listener story. Uh, this one comes from Haunted History of Kentucky. Uh, there was a woman named Belle on there who shared her personal story. And uh, so this comes from Belle. I've lived in my house for 39 years. Everyone swears it's haunted, especially in the two front room of the house, which are the two original rooms. It was built in the 1930s or the 40s. There used to be an old woman who lived there. I don't know her history, but I have heard music, which keeps me awake sometimes, and footsteps walking fast in the hallway. When my daughter spent the night with her new baby, she said she woke up to see a woman bending over the baby, but when she sat up in bed, the person disappeared. My oldest brother, aged 45 at the time, spent the night after our father died. He slept in one of those bedrooms and said he had a dream that he was floating near the ceiling but looked down at his sleeping self. He was so creeped out he wouldn't sleep in there anymore. There was even times we used to rent rooms to students while they spent rotations with local healthcare providers. Several of them voiced odd feelings like someone watching them while sleeping in that room. And even my granddaughter told me, at age three, after spending the night while looking in that room, she said, Mama, music comes from there. Strange stories indeed, though the house has always been friendly to me. So there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Music is wow. definitely something right. that you hear just, quite frequently. It's really all focused in that one room. Yeah, it's just, in that one room, which yeah. is super creepy. Um, I would love to really dig up some records on that house and see what's yeah, going on. Yeah, see what's going on there. So, but yeah, uh, remember you guys, if you guys have a story like that, you can send them into fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. They don't have to be long. They don't have to be huge. They just need to be your personal experience. They don't have to be told like Edgar Allan Poe. Right. Just first person, put it out there. Just yep. put your experience and you know, if it's a little chopped up, I can work it. We can make it. Just flow a little bit better. Just tell me your stories. Yep. Uh, Fearscape Podcast at gmail.com. But we got to get out of here. Once again, thank you, Rob Lee, for coming on. We are so thankful. Uh, You are always welcome to come on whenever you want, whenever your next project drops, or just when you want to come hang out. Yep. uh, Because we didn't even get a chance to hear any of your ghost stories. So. And I got plenty. We might have to have you come on and do a. Uh, getting spooky with Rob yep. Lee might have to oh go down the road. <laughs> we'll do that. I've seen a Wendigo before. I'm yeah, uh, <laughs> Uncle Bill, man. <laughs> no, we got to get out of here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to uh, Fearscape here on 100.9 WCHQ. Check out the uh, Destination Nation Network at Destination Comics slash DNN. And uh, we got to go. So my name is Stefan, and I will catch you on the flip side. Woo. This is Josh. The truth is out there. Rob, you got anything to cut with? The truth is out there. I'm like in a flying saucer on my EP cover, so I'm really down with that. You are. (laughs) Anyways, make sure you guys hold those blankets extra tight, and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Good night, folks. Good night. Good night.